0: with me oh and not word can harm me oh for I'm sheltered in the arms
1: of God amen aren't you thankful that you're sheltered in his arms tonight let's just go to him in prayer father Lord, we just approach your throne tonight, Lord, and we're so thankful that we're privileged people that can come before you, Father. Lord, and not only that we can come before you, but we can receive of your great hand tonight. And Father, we invite you to come and just have preeminence. And Lord, not only the service, but in each and every heart that's here, each and every life, those that are present and those that are on the stream. Lord, may you just come by our way, Father. God, and just speak to us, Lord. The things that we have need of, Lord, in the right season, in the right time, God, we know that you're a perfect God. You make no mistakes, Lord. You know what we have need of. And, Lord, we just invite you now to come and anoint the lips of clay, Lord, to speak to the ears of clay tonight. And, Lord, each of us will do our part. I, as a minister, will get out of the way and allow you to speak. And the congregation, as the listener, Lord, they'll get out of the way and allow the Spirit to anoint the Word for the season that we're in. So, Lord, we just commit this time to you tonight. We pray your blessings be upon the service. Lord, be with those that are away this evening, Lord, traveling to the meetings there in Happy Valley. God, our pastor and assistant pastor and Brother Aaron, all the way this, this Wednesday night, we ask that your blessings will rest upon each of them, Lord. Lord, those that will be traveling tomorrow and the rest of the week, may you just guide them and give them traveling mercies, Lord. We love you, Father. We just commit this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're gonna we're gonna look here in Genesis one. Certainly enjoyed those specials tonight. Glad to see nobody had laryngitis. Everybody recovered from that. That was great. Yes, (laughs) yes, sir. Amen. So I want to speak to you tonight again, as I've been on this thought on the word will bring forth after his kind, and I just I pray you'll be patient with me. We have several more, maybe. Uh, sermons along the lines of this but i'm trying to get us to the 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 service that i spoke about on manifested sons and we'll get there eventually but i want to look here and i want to also give it a subtitle nothing can separate the seed from the promise now the seed being the thought original thought the promise being the fulfillment so nothing can separate the original thought from the fulfillment So I want you to bear that in mind as we speak tonight and we look here. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God created you to be a ruler, to have jurisdiction over animal life and not only over animal life, but this animal life. And we find that so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Let's look here in Ephesians 1. We're going to look here in verse 4. We'll look at verse 4 and verse 5. Then we'll turn to Romans 9, 6 to 8. Ephesians 1 and verse 4 says, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy without blame, and that word blame there, without blame means without blemish, as we heard about that on Sunday. Faultless, unblameable before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice it's his good pleasure to adopt you, to predestinate you to his, to his sonship or to sonship. Look here in Romans 9 and verse 6. Romans 9 and verse 6 not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. Just to kind of look back over our last thought that we spoke, we looked at election and we look here in Romans 9 and verse 8. The Bible says, for the children not yet being born... Neither having done good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works but of him that calleth. And this word election is the act of God's free will by which before the foundation of the world he decreed his blessings on certain persons is the act of picking out or choosing. Notice, it's God's election that we're here tonight. It's God's choosing. He doesn't choose us based on our abilities or our inabilities. He doesn't choose us based on how fit we are or how unfit we are, how intelligent we are, how unintelligent we can be. See, God has chosen us based on election. And that's God's choosing, God's sovereignty on his own. And we think about, Brother Bam tells us now, he says, After the interlude of destruction, the wiping off of the world, God, excuse me, hold on. He said, God started the people out again. He found a man by the name of Abraham. His, he was, his father was Hiram, and he'd come down probably from Babylon. He was an idol worshiper from Shinar, and he dwelt in the Chaldea, the city of Ur, and he married his half-sister. But notice, they came down here, and they came into a land, and this land was full of all kind of other people. And Brother Bam says, Abraham wasn't any better than anyone else. But God, by sovereign grace and election, called Abraham according to election. That is not a thing that Abraham was any better than anybody else. See, don't even say he was a believer. But in the beginning, God, with his unmerited grace, Abraham was saved. And not only was he saved, but when God called Abraham, he saved him and he gave him his covenant unconditionally. And he says, now, he says, now, Abraham, it's not what certain things that you do. It's not Abraham, you do this, and I'm gonna do this. He told Abraham, it's gonna be an unconditional covenant. I've already done it. Not that you gotta read so many scriptures in the morning, or or at night, or listen to so many sermons. God says, I've already done it. I've already called you. I've already saved you. I've already predestinated you. I've already elected you. I already chose you. It's not anything that we have to do with it. It's God's election and God's grace. And he says, When you get that thinking, thinking that without any merits, without any, anything, God's covenant was unconditional to Abraham. God told him he saved him and not only Abraham, but his seed. Come on, sons of God. Come on, seeds of Abraham. It wasn't just to Abraham that it was an unconditional covenant, but to you tonight. The same covenant that was bestowed upon Abraham is bestowed upon you tonight. And you can't separate the seed from the promise. God has given you a promise tonight that you are sons and daughters of God. He said it, and God by solving grace and election. Not because that Abraham was, was better than anyone else, but because God, by election, for ordination called Abraham. Abraham was just an ordinary man. Just like you and I. No supernatural abilities, just had enough faith to believe. Not Mr. America or Mr. Chaldea, but he had enough faith to believe. The Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise. What about the seeds of Abraham tonight? Do we look at our wish, sons of God, to, that we stagger not at the promise? The seeds of Abraham looking at the promised word to be fulfilled, not in tomorrow, not in yesterday, but in our day, this moment, this service, in our life, in this very event right now, God is calling a people that's going to manifest himself and be the bring the fulfillment to the word to this age. And I'm talking to seeds of Abraham tonight, and you can't separate that seed from the promise of fulfillment. God is going to have sons and daughters. Notice now, he says it's by sovereign grace and election, not because an Abraham was better than anyone or or was better than anyone else, but God by election for a nation called Abraham. Abraham was just an ordinary man, had nothing to do with it. Neither have you got anything to do with it. Neither have I got anything to do with it. It's God's business to make the choice. I say, thank you, God, you made me your choice. Come on, you may be having a rotten day today, but thank God you made me your choice. You may be down in the mullet groves today, but thank God you made me your choice. When I didn't feel like it, when I didn't act like it, when I didn't talk like it, God, you still made me your choice. I say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord tonight. That should be able to make you look at Monday morning in the face and say, I got this. Because my God made me his choice. Oh, my God's bigger than my tomorrow. Hallelujah. See, it's God's business to make the choice. Not him that willeth or him that runneth, but it's God that showeth mercy. And he says, all together by election. See, now, God made his covenant with Abraham absolutely unconditional. You know, Brother Mike, I'm glad that that same covenant applies to me tonight. Because there's days I don't feel saved. But it doesn't do away with the covenant. It doesn't annihilate the promise. It doesn't eradicate that I've been called. It doesn't stop the fact that I've been chosen by God. See, because it's an unconditional covenant. There was no ifs, ands about it. The covenant was absolutely, had no strings attached to it at all. And Abraham had nothing to do with it. God was so determined that he was going to save Adam's fallen race. And so he made a covenant with Abraham unconditionally. Not if you'll do something, but I have done it. Hallelujah. What about your sons and your daughters? What about those prodigals? I have done it. Come on, moms and dads, grandparents. Oh, you're worried about the prodigal, but God's already said it's an unconditional covenant to the seeds of Abraham you got to claim them as seeds of Abraham. And when you claim them and you believe it for them, let me tell you, every gun in hell is going to be trained on you. But Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And you couldn't separate the seed from the promised word. And you can't separate this bride from the promised word. She is going to come forth. This word will be made manifest in her life. And in your prodigals. Not if you do something, but I have already done it. And you know, you say, well, if God would make that covenant with me. Brother Bama says, he didn't only make it with Abraham, but his seed after him. Oh, my. This will help you look at Thursday morning with a bright eye. Notice you say, well, I, if I was a Jew, it doesn't take a Jew outwardly. Outwardly is not a Jew. See, it's a Jew inwardly. For if we are dead in Christ, we take on Abraham's seed. And notice, and we're heirs according to the promise. Woo. Don't you just love how God just dovetails it all together? Heirs. And this word "heir." I'll get to it here in just a little bit. But just think about it. The same way God called Abraham, the same way God chose Abraham, is the same way that God called you tonight. The same way God chose you tonight. Look, you—you you got your faults, you got your mishaps, but yet God called you tonight. Not by anything that you've done. Not by how good you are, how good looking you are, how tall and skinny or short and fat you are. It doesn't have any bearings on it at all how much the scriptures you read, how many sermons you listen to, it has no bearing on the fact at all before you was even able to read or write. God already called you. God already told you. God already put your name in the Lamb's book of life. It's already there. It's a finished work, church. God's already done it by his election. See, it's by not what we do, but it's what he has already done for us. Not I'll do something, God says, I've already done it. So a lot of us can make a mess of our own life because we want to take the steering wheel away from God. God's like, hey, let me drive. Let me drive. I know your life better than you know your life. And every time you take the steering wheel away, you end up in a ditch. But God says, I got it. I know the end from the beginning. I know how it all all plans out. God knows. See, we're already called church, already chosen, and it's an unconditional covenant. How can you lose? How can you lose? And we come dragging in.
0: Oh, you just
1: don't know my plight, Brother Joe. How can you lose? You're sons of God. You're elected of God, called of God, chosen of God. You can't lose no matter how low you get tonight. You can't lose because God can't lose. And you can't separate the seed of God from the promise of the fulfillment. There's no losing to it. You've already been declared the victor, church. God's already declared, I'm going to have a bride without spot without wrinkle without blemish oh she's gonna be perfect and I'm gonna bestow upon her all my adoration and all my splendor and all my praise I'm gonna tell you you may not look like it tonight but that's who you are you're robed in God's splendor tonight Woo! and we think well I chose God John 15, 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. God is looking for fruit out of your life. God is looking for fruit. Bear the Christian life. Bear signs and wonders. Bear healings and miracles and the supernatural. Not just, oh, I believe God sent a prophet That's just making an announcement. But God is looking for you to bring forth, to bear. He has ordained you. He's ordained us as his bride to bring forth his life. That that seed that was there, that he's placed there, that thought that God had of you is going to come to manifestation. And there's going to be an overcoming life. Match the word of God. There's going to be a young boy, young girls, young people in this hour that's going to overcome the temptations of Laodicea. Why? Because the word has already been declared that he's going to have a bride. He's going to have a young person. He's going to have a a single wife or a single mother. He's going to have somebody that's going to rise up in Satan's Eden and take God at his word. And they're going to become the fulfillment of that word. Notice, he says, you've not chosen me. And that word chosen there means to pick out for oneself. God chose you for himself. He didn't choose you to share you with the devil. You know, sometimes two girls can like the same guy. And two guys can like the same girl. Or three or four. But not that way with God. God chose you for himself. He's a jealous God. He's not sharing you with anybody or anything. And so God chose you. You didn't choose God. And therefore, even when you make mistakes, you're still chosen. You mean, Brother Joe, even when I don't feel like I'm safe, you're still chosen. Even when you hit the bottom of the barrel, you're still chosen. Even with things like your prayers don't go past a roof, you're still chosen. See, it has nothing to do with it. You and your mistakes has nothing to do with it. All your ups and downs has no bearing on God's choosing. He already chose you and declared you to be seeds of God. Brother Branham. I like the way he says this here in question and answer is 1959. Notice he said, he loved you. I say Hallelujah. Come on, I need y'all to be working with me this evening now. Come on, this is good stuff. I know I've been on it quite a while, but let's just get on. Let's just get behind it. Notice, he loved you, hallelujah. He loved you before there was a world. He knows your nature. Ooh, you mean God knows my nature? Yeah, he knows it. He knows your nature. He knows your weakness. He knows your habits. He knows all about you, what you was going to be. And then when he looked all over the great universe, he said, I choose you anyway. I said, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. In my lowest moments, God knew my nature, and yet he chose me, brother Mike. God knew the nature I would have. He knew the temper I would have. He knew the things I would struggle with, with my own weaknesses. And yet God looked all over the great universe and he says, I chose you, Joe Adams. Turn your car around. Get back home. Go back to the father's house. You weren't meant for the chicken yard, but you are meant for my heaven. You was meant for a heavenly place. I called you to be bride. I called you to be chosen, elected of God. Looked all over. He says, "I chose you." Oh my! I don't know what you're going through today, but you're chosen. Think about it. He knows the nature that you were born with. I want to look at this just for a minute, because not all of us had the same nature. Is that all right? See, God knows how matter-of-fact you are. He knows how temperament or temperamental, moody you are. He knows what kind of temper you possess. He knows also if you're meek, humble, gentle, loving, caring. God knows all that about your, see that's your nature, that's your human nature. But I want you to realize God put that in the seed. And every seed is going to bring forth of its kind But notice, we're not all going to bring forth of the same nature. And you look, we do, I do. I'm just going to be honest and transparent. Man, you see somebody like a brother John Andes. Oh, bless God, I want to be like that. Upbeat, happy, positive all the time. Man, I've tried. i fake it till I feel it and I still don't feel it. (laughs) They say fake it till you make it. Well, I'm batting zero, brother Derek. There's only one brother John. But you see something in somebody else and you begin to desire to be like that. And again, guess what happens? You begin to despise who you are. You begin to despise the nature in which God has given you. But I want you to know tonight in Psalms 139 verse 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, verse 14, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, hallelujah, with that temper, you're still fearfully and wonderfully made. Even with that meekness and that gentleness, where people can run ramrod all over you, you're still fearfully and wonderfully made. And what you find, well, Satan will anoint that human nature, and he'll get you to say things that you wished you would never have said or hurt people that you didn't intend to hurt. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. So you got to bring that nature, that nature. You can't do away with that nature. God put that nature in the seed. It's got a purpose. It's going to bring honor. It's going to bring glory to God. When that nature has been brought subject to the word, and you take that same nature, hot-tempered, I know none of y'all here got a hot temper. No, 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 none of y'all, uh uh-uh. Scrape them shoulders back, come at me like that. Not y'all, this is even like tabernacle. We're gentle doves. But you take somebody who's got a fiery nature and a strong disposition and you let them get converted and God begin to anoint that same nature that the devil used to cause hurt and destruction. God will anoint that nature and make a prayer warrior out of him. God will make him somebody that he's relentless in the face of the enemy. He's fearless in the face of devil. Why? Because he stands on the same word. God put that there to bring glory to himself because it's God's nature. God-possessing, God-bringing forth attributes of himself. So don't despise the nature you have. Just bring it subject to the word. I think I've shared this time or two. My mom told me when I was 23 or 21, she said, Joe, you're going to be in jail or you're going to be in prison. That's the same thing. You're going to be dead, excuse me, Or are you going to be in prison by the time you're 23 years old? Because of my fiery disposition. Because I didn't back down. But when God got a hold of that life, I don't back down off a promise. And let me tell you, church, that same nature, don't despise it. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you in such a way that only you can bring honor from your life, and God's not going to share it with anybody or anything. Now we find here. Let's keep going on. If we don't, we okay. Yeah, I got plenty of time. But Bam says now this: these elect are not only the eternal thoughts of God, which were to be expressed in their flesh. Notice, in the flesh, in their due season. But these same elected are called by another name. Romans 4 and verse 16 would tell us, Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is also the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Romans 9 and verse 17 Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. See, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. The children of the promise. What promise? I will have a son. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. God's desire, as we heard just briefly again, we're going to hear a lot tonight where Brother Tim spoke again on Sunday because we're kind of crossing uh, channels here, but see God had a desire to have a family and you're that family. You're a part of it and all your mistakes and all your failures and all your peculiarities and all our quirks and everything that we have to offer God, yet God has chosen us and it's that we're the children of the promise because God's promise brother Brown will tell us in Israel and the church number one he said the children of the promise promise what what kind of promise that kind that God promised before the foundation of the world he called them that's the seed before the foundation when were you chosen oh did y'all not hear that question When were you chosen? Before the foundation of, that was not a trick question, I promise you. That was, hey, that's open book. Before the foundation of the world, not because you quit doing this and quit doing that, quit lying, quit stealing. Those are just more moral acts. Well, a good citizen will do that. You can't tell yourself you're a Christian yet until something here has happened, until you've been regenerated, something that's happened in here. Notice, children of the promise. Promise what? That God said, I'm going to have a son. Let us make man in our own image. God having sons and daughters who will not be conformed to this world, but they're going to be be transformed by the renewing of their mind when the word comes forth they receive the word and the word begins to work in their mind drops into their heart and life begins to manifest What is it manifest it's manifesting the life that was in the seed the entire time that's why you can believe see the promise to the seeds of Abraham. Brother Graham will tell us now, if you, in Galatians, well, he says this in the Smyrna church age, Galatians 3 and verse 29, and if God, if you be in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. That word heir there it means you're a sharer. Oh, sharer. That means you're an inheritor. It means you are a possessor. Now, let's read it like that. If you be in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you're a sharer of the promise. You're an inheritor of the promise. You're a possessor of the promise. If you're Abraham's seed, you can't separate the seed from the promise. Woo! See, then here we come into this consolation. As the eternal Logos, God, was manifest in the Son, and in Jesus dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Can we say amen to that? And that eternal one was the Father manifest in the flesh, and thereby gained he the title of Son. But we're not going to finish. We're not going to stop reading. Listen to what he says next. Even so we, eternal in the thoughts and our turn became the many-membered spoken word seed manifest in the flesh. And those eternal thoughts now manifest in the flesh are the sons of God. Even as we are so called, we did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed, therefore we could be reborn. Come on, church, why are you here tonight? They chose that you are seed. And he goes on to say, In non seed, there is nothing to quicken. See, that's the reason why you can catch the word is because you're seed. That's why you can believe this message is because you were seed. You are seed. The reason you stop drinking and, and smoking. And partying and living that life, that old life is because you are seed. The reason why you can pack up and leave your family, leave your friends, leave everything you've ever known and come to a place where they preach the fullness of the word is because you are seed. See, because in non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. So aren't you thankful that that old nature that you had, crabby, Always depressed, always down, always temperamental. Aren't you glad they could be reborn? Ooh, that was a weak amen for some of y'all. My, my, my. Man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad none of y'all knew me before I came to this church. You will see uh, a huge contrast, Brother Mike, of what's standing before you today versus what I was 20, 30 years ago. See, I'm so glad that old nature no longer has jurisdiction over my life. See, because I was a seed, because you are a seed, you could be reborn. You can. You could be quickened. Because, see, a non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. See, non-seed can dress herself up. They can go to church. They can sing the same songs. They can raise their hands and worship. They can cry tears. But in non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. And you find non-seed will uh, begin to eventually walk out quick coming to church because why? There's nothing there to quicken. But in that predestinated seed, God put a seed in there, a germ of life in there. And when that life comes in contact with the word, oh, let me tell you, the word begins to respond. And that life begins to be quickened by the word of God for the would tell us the word can only recognize the word why are you here tonight it's not because i'm your favorite preacher no because the word in you has recognized the word for this hour and it responds no matter who's preaching the word in you responds to the word of this hour That's why we're here. See, it can't recognize a denominational or a perversion. It knows better. It's the word. It can only recognize the word. A wheat can only be a wheat. Oh, my. See, it started off as a wheat. It'll always be a wheat. It may be a small wheat, but it's still a wheat. We got a lot of wheats here tonight. Cream of the crop. Not all of us are the same size wheat, but I want you to know right now a tear can never be a wheat. Though it rejoices with the same rain. Though it lifts his hands up and cries. It will never be a wheat. Let me tell you, you always was a wheat. You always was a son of God. Quit looking back at your past. Quit worrying about yesterday and all your mistakes. And look at what God had called you. The promise is to be a son. A promise is to be a daughter of God. A promise is to be that bride. Without spot. Without wrinkle. Without blemish. The promise is to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye see a weed can never be a wheat I'm not calling you a weed so get that out of your head yet it's water by the same anointing but it ain't wheat see God knows exactly where you belong why are you here why did you come from the state of Washington? Why did you come from the state of Arizona? Why did you come from the state of Mississippi? Why would y'all come from Texas? Why would y'all come from Arizona? Why? Why would y'all come from Washington? Because God knows exactly where you need to be. For what purpose? So that that seed can begin to be nourished and built up. And the life that was inside of that seed, it always was. It was always there. You didn't get that life at the altar. That life was always in the seed. Oh, my. You always was. You say, Brother Joe, you've been. this is part four. Come on, man. Ain't you got something else to preach? I want to preach this so much until you start walking it. Until you start living it. The word will bring forth after his kind. What is his kind? You ain't some little castaway, some nobody. We're sons and daughters of a king. Let me tell you, if that that Negro, that slave there, if he can conduct himself like a son of a king, what about us tonight? Why don't we're sons and daughters of a king? We're sons and daughters, Brother Mike, of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And ain't nothing that he won't do for you, that God won't reach down and save the dying, he won't save the lost. Oh, the hand of God is not short, but what it can be, it can save. It's time we square our shoulders back don't shed no tear wowsy wowsy me now square your shoulders back son recognize I always was I always was and you're gonna keep hearing it until I'm done you always was you always was a seed No matter what happens to you on this side of eternity, you always was, you always will be. Oh, your past mistakes doesn't define who you are. Your failures doesn't define who you are. Your shortcomings, they don't define who you are. My God has already defined who you are. And he's called you son. He's called you bride. He's called you elected. He's called you anointed. He's called you for a body change. That's who you are. Quit looking back at yesterday and look at what the promise says. I finally broke out can not only teach it, I can, I can preach it to you tonight. Oh, I love what he says in 1 John 3 and verse 1. Behold. while well, I'll stop and I want you to look at this for a minute. Behold. God's telling you, stop what you're doing in Laodicea. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Somebody needs to be waving their hand. Mama, that's me. There it is right there. The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. See, therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. But see, beloved, notice verse 2. Beloved, now. Come on now. Now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when you get saved, not when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, but even right now, are we the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know, I said we know, we got a word, we got a promise that's declared to us what it will be when we come into the manifestation of sons of God. We got a promise, and the seed is already there, and you can't separate the seed from the promise. Oh, you say, Brother Joe, but you said, if we don't have the Holy Ghost yet, you're still a son. But when you get that Holy Ghost, that seed begins to manifest. It begins to be quickened. See, there's quickening power in this word. There's quickening power in this message. You know, Jesus has been dead over 2,000 years. But people are still being changed by this book. You know, Brother Brown has been off the scene 58 years, almost 60 years, but yet this message is still transforming lives. Why? Because there's quickening power in the word. You know, there was a time there was a prophet called Elisha. he done so many miracles and he was one miracle short of doing twice the miracles that Elijah done. And he died and he rotted. His, his skin fell off his, his bones and they threw him in the grave. But one day, one day, the children of Israel was in a battle, and they had a man that died, and they drug him so far, and they finally chucked him into the grave. And let me tell you, they didn't throw him in there long enough because immediately he'd come up out of the grave. Why? Because they were still quickening power on those bones. What am I telling you, church? I'm telling you tonight, there's quickening power in this word. We're going to preach quickening power. We're going to live by quickening power. We're going to pray by quickening power. We're going to believe by quickening power. We ain't giving an inch to the devil. We're sons and daughters of God. Now, so quit putting it off to tomorrow. I want you to believe it right now. I'm a son of God. You may have made some bad mistakes today. Well, screw yourself back. Get up and do it again. Now, at this present time, We are to be expressing the thoughts that God had of us. Thoughts that originated before the foundation of the world. Now are we the sons of God. Quit dwelling on your mistakes. Well, you know, brother, I come to church and and I want to do this. And I want to do this. And I want to do this. And I can't do nothing. Well, that was last week. It's a whole different service. It's a whole different opportunity. Just recognize I am what the Word says I am. I'm a son. I'm a seed. I'm a thought, eternal thought of God. Therefore, there's not one demonic power in hell. There's not one trial. There's not one situation. There's not one circumstance. There's nothing that can separate us from what? The promise of God. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. When did Christ love you? When you was in his thoughts. He loved you and declared that you're going to come forth in your season. Let me just tell you, some of you, it's your season. Quit putting it off. Quit waiting on special meetings. It's your season. It's your season to believe the word. It's your season to believe for your children. It's your season to believe for your health. This is your season. This is your season for the supernatural. This is your season for the Holy Ghost. This is your season to see the altar full of people weeping and, and wailing, people crying out to God. This is our season, even like tabernacle. Don't push it off to tomorrow. Right now we are the sons of God. Your yesterday is not going to define who you are tomorrow. The choice you make from this night, the choice that you make from right now will be reigning over you, over you, over you, declaring to you, yes, you are a son of God. Quit living below your God-given privileges. God's called you for this. See, your past has no control over your future once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Your past doesn't have to define you. God's already defined who you are. God's already put his stamp upon you. You're sealed into the day of your redemption. Oh, church, don't worry about, worry about committing adultery, spiritual adultery. That, that seed has already been germatized by the word of life. There ain't nothing from the world can get in there if you've truly been born again. Notice now. But says the believer can't sin. No, now you know we, we think about this for a minute and we think about, well, you know, Brother Joe, I got mistakes and, and I got failures. And you know, there's not, I don't do everything right. nobody said amen to that one, did they? You know, we're gonna make mistakes. We're not gonna do it willfully. But you're going to make mistakes. Even being filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to do things that if you're not careful would be considered sinful. But the Bible tells us in 1 John 3 and verse 9, Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. You don't commit sin. You make a mistake. You fall. You come short of the glory of God. But you get back up. You're quick to repent. He say, Father, I'm sorry I did that. And you call that person on the phone. And you say, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I acted like that. I'm sorry I made that bad business decision. I'll make those things right. It won't hold over you. You cannot sin because the seed of God remains inside of you. Brother Bram tells us in Hebrews chapter 7, he said, the believer can't sin, certainly not. The seed of God, the blessing of God remains on him. See, God can't see nothing but the blood of his own son, no matter what it is in the church. What it is, God don't see it because Jesus is making intercessions constantly. The high priest, no way for him to sin. When such a sacrifice is laying there for them like that. Now, I'm not giving you a, a privilege to go out and live any way you want. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying a son of God, a real born again son and daughter of God, they don't commit it. They don't willfully go looking for sin. Their minds are not willfully going to that, that internet site and clicking on it and doing it. They may get trapped, but they're not willfully doing it. Because if Brother Bam says, if you're willfully doing it, then you ain't been changed yet. Let's make sure we draw that. But the Bible says, once purged by the blood, there remaineth no more desire. See, because there's a seed on the inside, and that seed is declaring you different than the world. You know, how many of you, when you were young, children, maybe elementary school, and kids would do things, and you couldn't do it because it just bothered you? Only two or three of us, okay, well, maybe we'll have a meeting when we're done. But you know, there was things other people could do, but you couldn't do. Brother Bam said, because that life, that germ was always there. It wouldn't even allow you as a child to do things that others were doing. I wish it would have kept me from a lot of things that I did. But praise God, it kept me from doing a lot of things that I didn't do. Because the seed was already was there. Sometimes I walked over it. Sometimes you walked over it. Sometimes you were going to do what you want to do, but it's because you were going to be the man of your own ship. Oh, but there's a captain. There's a captain. When you realize you're tired of running that ship aground, Lord, get me out into some deep seas and let's set sail. I thank God for that tonight. Notice now, he says, now, then after a while you heard the gospel... Maybe you went to church, you picked out this and that, and you went from denomination to denomination, but one day, you being a part of God, you had to be a part of the word. And when you heard the word, you know where you come from, you know what the truth, you always, notice that you were always, the seed was always in you. The word, seen the word that was in you, that was before the foundation of the world, saw the word, and you come to it. Brother Johnny, the word was always there. Now, I know a little bit. You told us your testimony many years ago about the life that you live. But there was the word was always there. And when that word that was here came to the word that was there, you, that word, came to that word. And now you don't live the life that you used to live. Can I get a witness, somebody? Somebody. Oh, I can declare it to you. Brother L, maybe the same thing for you tonight. When that word came to this word, this word came to that word. No longer we can't be earthbound chickens going around, clucking around in the denominational pest house. No, why? Because we've heard from our mama bird. We've heard from mama eagle church. We're not earthbound chickens. We're eagles. We're sons and daughters of God. God has got great things in store for us. Yeah. You think about that eagle clucking around in that chicken yard, all that manure and all that chicken poop and chicken this and chicken that. You ever get around a bunch of chickens? All that Bob. Brother Aaron does a great job of being a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Eagle don't make that kind of racket. They got a nice eagle scream about them. I'm not even going to do it because I'll embarrass myself. But it ain't some cluck, 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 bop, bop, just pecking around with the head, just moping around. No, that eagle realized, you know what? These things don't look like me. Yeah. I mean, look, at I got a pretty white head. I got some nice big long wings. I got some beautiful feathers. That little chicken over there ain't got but little bitty old wings and just barking around, peck, 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 peck. And if his brother started bleeding, they'd go start pecking on his brother. The eagle don't start pecking on another eagle. No, what does another eagle do when that eagle finds himself in trouble? Oh, another eagle, they begin to throw down fresh meat. They begin to throw down fresh word. They say, you can do it. That's who you are. You're not earthbound. God called, hallelujah. God called you to fly in the heavenlies. Oh, we're the eagle church. We encourage one another. We We don't persecute one another, but we encourage them. Get up from there. God's called you in this hour. God's anointed you in this hour. we received a mighty message. Think you can stay home and be strong, be an eagle? Chicken, stay home. I know this may hurt some of you, but oh well, you came to the wrong service. This word, this life, this has to be your life. It can't be optional. Did you hear what I said? It can't be optional well if I don't have no work I'm going to church on Wednesday night it ain't about whether you got work or no work it means you gonna quit at 4.30 drag your sorry high to the house of God and be changed by the word you make this word a priority because he made you a priority he chose you before the foundation of the world you ain't gonna make it to the other side hop skipping and skip jumping and whatever you're trying to do showing up every once in a while your church attendance is 15% I don't care how good your heart is from the abundance of the mouth speak at the heart say what you want to say put your body in that pew that's telling the story Your family needs it. You need it. Your kids need it. I don't know why I'm here. It's not in my notes, but I'm telling you tonight, you need it. You need it. We need it. We need it. We need to hear that we're sons of God. We need to hear that we're eagles. We need to hear that we're not earthbound chickens. We need to hear that we're not denominational believers. We need to hear that from before the foundation of the world, I always was a son of God. And if you always was, then start acting like it tonight. Start living like it tonight. Start believing like it tonight. Start seeking like it. Start rejoicing like it. Start praising God. I am a son. I've been called from this world. God's called me. God's called me for something great. I may not know what it is. I may not have it all figured out. But I know one thing. When he shall appear, I'm going to be just like him. Because I am made in his image. That's the word. That's the promise. And you can't separate the seed from the promise. Can I go just a few more minutes, church? Brother Bram says death does not even stop the quickening power. Death can't stop it. Because when you got it, it's eternal. See, there's the difference. When you got it, not when you talk about it. No, not when you act like you got it, but when you truly got it, it's eternal. You begin to line up with the message. You begin to line up with the word. Why? Because you've heard from your theophany. I'm going to tell you again, you always was a son I got part five and part six waiting in the wings. Guess what you're going to hear? Guess what you're going to, I bet you can't guess it. That you always was a son of God. You know, I'm going to keep preaching. Some of y'all going to go out here and you're going to go like, you know what? I really believe what Brother Joe's preaching. You know, I'm going to start acting like a real son of God. I'm going to get my family to the house of God on Sundays and Wednesdays now. And if we got special meetings, we'll be at those special meetings. Because why? You just need to be told. You just need to be encouraged. You just need to keep hearing it and keep hearing it. And then finally something drops down and you start really believing. I am what the word says I am. Not because Brother Joe said it, but because the word has already declared it. I am a son of God. I always was a son of God. I'm made in his image. I'm formed in his likeness. Oh, hallelujah, church. That's who I am. Then you'll get your head out of them nasty programs. Then you'll get your eyes off those dirty websites. Then you'll start treating your wife like she needs to be treated. Oh, and you'll treat your husband like he's the king of the house. Ooh. Then you quit looking over your shoulder, worried about yesterday's mistakes. And you square them shoulders back. Come on, devil. I was born for this purpose this is who I am that nature that disposition quit letting the devil anoint it bring it subject to the word and let God bring glory from your life let God bring honor he put it there to bring himself honor you know what we're all are not alike newsflash right newsflash oh I wish I could be like some of y'all but I can't but who I am I want to be the best who I am I can be you say brother Joe you, you mean you got to work at that that means I got to bring myself subject to it that means I got to get into the word daily I got to pray. I got to have a prayer life. I got to have a time of devotion with God so that I can know who I am. And when you know who you are, then you know who you are not. And I'm trying to declare to you tonight who you are not. You always was. You always, Brother Mam says, when Paul, this great theologian, when he came face to face with the word, Jesus quickened it. He quickened the seed that was in Paul's life, a man who persecuted the church. See, your past has no bearing over your future. He was always a son, and he was always a prophet. He was always the first church-age messenger. Though he did things, you don't think the devil reminded him of Stephen when he stood there and watched this saintly son of God be stoned to death for a stand? probably wasn't a day that Paul didn't go by, but what the devil reminded him, look what you did. You allowed this. You instigated this. But Paul said, I bring my body under subjection daily to not let my past define my tomorrow. I'm recognizing who I am, and I'm also recognizing who I am not. I recognize who I belong to, and I also recognize who I don't belong to. see, Titus 2 and verse 13. My, I got so much here. I'm going to have to have part eight. Let's go to Colossians 1 and verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. That's everybody in this room tonight. Now hath he reconciled. We were alienated. We were aliens in our minds by wicked works, evil desires. The first nature, or that nature that was unconverted. Well, yet once that nature comes on subject to the Word, reconciled to God, God can make a glorious redemption out of it and use it for his honor. Look at Paul, Paul's temperament. Somebody like Paul, he persecuted the church so uh, so vigorously And yet, when it came time to establish the church of God, man, Paul reared them shoulders back and he was relentless. He went through shipwrecks, he went through scourges, he went through this, he went through that, he went through it all, but he declared the name of Jesus. See, the nature was always there, but he just had to get it converted. Had to get it under subject to the word. Brother Ram says, now notice redeeming to buy back. See, it restores to the original owner. God, by his death, the shed blood, bought back his son. He bought back the spoken word, seed bride. My sheep hear my voice, the word, and they follow me. You always were a sheep. You never were a pig. You never was a dog. Turned into a sheep. You always was a sheep. So quit going around identifying as a pig. We got kids today. They can identify as cats and dogs in school. Go send them a little tray over there in the corner. And they can go do their business. They're a cat. Give them some kitty litter. And Satan will want nothing more than sheep. Sons of God. To go. And identify themselves with something that you are not. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to keep preaching until you really believe it. You are sons of God. Let that be your identification. Put the token on display. Square your shoulders back. Time to believe. Time to have faith. Time to rise up. But Abraham said, "It's not the person that comes predestinated." from God, but it's the Word or the seed. That is it. Now let's go on down so I can try to wrap this up. I'm going to just cut it short. Sorry, church. Bible tells us in Romans 8 and verse verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be the firstborn of my many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Those he called, he justified. To whom he justified, them he also glorified. See, those that God had foreknowledge of, he predestinated. That word foreknowledge means God had a relationship with you. You were in his thinking, in his thought process. So that takes us back to Genesis, 20, 20, uh, Genesis one twenty six. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. See, we're predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe it. That's who you are. That should be your aspiration. I'm going to match that word. Before you go to bed at night you get on your knees and you pray to God God I want to match that word when you get up in the morning before that footsteps off that bed God let this be the day that I match that word let there be overcoming quickening power supernatural revelation strike me today let me live as a son of God that I can declare and manifest you to a dying generation notice what he says now oh my church he goes Many are called, but few are chosen. And you are chosen. And you are chosen. And you are chosen. And you are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. See the difference? Chosen. The word means for God's own purpose. God chose you because you are the ones he's making his family with. No matter what nationality, or ethnicity, whatever it may be that we come from, whether we're black, yellow, blue, green, it doesn't matter to God. God already saw us. And he put us in his great bouquet with all our peculiarities and natures. And he says, that is going to be my family. That. And when one flower starts to wilt, there's going to be others there to encourage it. See, God's got confidence in the seed that he put inside of you. Sometimes you don't have confidence in yourself, but God does. Like Brother Timothy spoke the other night, God is faithful when we're not faithful. Thank God that God is faithful. Let me say this. Thank God we have a church family that will rally around you. Thank God you got ministers. They won't tell you what you want to hear, but they'll tell you what you need to hear. We can preach you up in the heights. Some of us can, Brother Tim. Some of them, they can preach you up into the heights of this word. Some of them can preach you right where you're living. See, because he told told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Then feed my lambs. So you got to feed it all. Even like Tabernacle, we can feed you all. It's not us, but it's because we're staying in the word of God to show you who you are. Like Brother Tim said on Sunday, to put that perfect bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, Put that before you. Preach it before you. Take that other one and say, put it right beside it. You. you always was the son of God. I created you in my image. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Put it back there and you marry the two of them up. And he says, now you start walking to that. Start walking into that so a young man can turn his head and turn his head. Walking through Laodicea with all the smut and everything around, they'll keep their eyes focused on the cross. They're not going to look this way or look that way. They're looking toward the promise of God. Let me tell you, church, the same way with us tonight. You're not looking at these things of the world. If the things of the world are pulling on you, something had not happened yet. You need to get that thing taken care of and get it to the altar and and, and let God burn it out of your life. But what I'm telling you tonight is you put that body, you put that revelation, you put that image right in front of you and you begin to walk into it. Yes, I am a son of God. Yes, I am that bride. Yes, that's who I am. I may not look like it tonight. I may have failures tonight. But that's the word of God. I always was the word of God. God by election. Brother Bram tells us in Laodicean church age, and I'm bringing this to a close here in a few minutes. But now he's standing in the midst of the church. This is the Laodicean message. He stands there revealing who he is in the last age. He calls himself the author of the creation of God. This is not another creation. This has to do with the church. This is a special designation of himself. He is the creator of that church. Colossians eight, He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn, from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence." 2 Corinthians 5:17, "Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. You can't be new with the old habits. You can't be new and have old desires. You can't be new and you can't get to the house of God. We're talking about a new creation. Notice now, old things have passed away, old desires, old habits, old longings, old nature have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in union with Christ unto good works. Ephesians 4.24, and that you put on the new man, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. And true holiness. The says now the new creation is not the old creation made over. It cannot be called because it's a new creation. That's exactly what it says. It's a new creation. It's another creation distinct from the old one. No longer is he dealing with the ways of the flesh. See but now out of every kindred, tribe, people and nation. He has purposed a new creation. God has purposed a new creation. This is a true revelation of God. This was his purpose. This purpose took form through election. That is why he could look right down to the last age When all the world would be over. Or all would be over. And he can see himself standing in the midst of the church. As the author of the new creation of God. God says let us make man in our image. In the beginning. And now we find him. In our day. Walking in the midst. Of his creation. See before there was a world ever started. God saw us. And God put your name. On the Lamb's book of life. He said that name is there. And there ain't a devil. In hell can touch it. Because you always. Were. Indelible. There ain't a nothing that you'll go through that'll ever erase your name off of that book. Did you hear me? The seed cannot be separated from the promise. The seed cannot be separated. It was God's purpose to bring forth the people like unto Himself that would be a bride. Oh my. He says, remember Brother Mam tells you, I no longer call you church, but I call you bride. What a distinction. He's separating you from the rest because he's showing that you were never part of the church, but you always was the bride. See, she was chosen before the foundation of the world in him. She was foreknown, beloved before she she ever was brought forth during the ages upon the earth. She was redeemed by his blood and can never, never come under condemnation. Some of y'all need to shout because you're walking in condemnation day after day after day after day. But the Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to them that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know the emphatic diaglot, Brother, Brother Bram talked about that, and Brother Tim made mention to it on Sunday. But when you look at the emphatic diaglot and you look at Romans 8, it says, Because whom he foreknow also before he marked out copies. God already marked out copies of himself, and I'm looking at, at marked out copies. You know, you take a sheet of paper and you're gonna or a, a cloth and you cut a design out of it. God says, you know what? I'm going to replicate that. I'm going to have sons and daughters in my own image. He didn't take another sheet. He didn't take another piece of cloth. He took the same cloth, and he took the same pattern. He took the same design, and he began began to cut out of it the same thing. Church, I'm here to tell you, you're made from the same cloth that Christ is made from. You're exactly the same. You're marked out copies of God himself. I mean, that's why you're here tonight. That's why you come to receive the word tonight. It's because God had already called you for this. He marked you out. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to God. And I'm in here. Musicians, please come if you would. Romans 8 and verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, he that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. How that, he was, how that he shall not with him also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that has died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who maketh intercession for us? Verse 35, and this is where we draw on our thought. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? That's a question. Shall tribulation? Shall distress? Shall persecution? Shall famine? Our nakedness? Our peril? Our sword? Oh, church, the Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of God? There's nothing. And we find in verse 38, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, this word is going to bring forth of his own kind and the seed of God. There is nothing that can separate that seed from the Word, from the promise. There ain't a persecution. There ain't a sickness. There ain't cancer. There ain't enough demon power. There ain't enough depression. There ain't enough anxiety. There ain't enough fear. Ain't enough heart trouble. Ain't enough sugar diabetes. There ain't nothing can separate the seed from the promise. You're sons of God. You're daughters of God. Rejoice, church. Rejoice in that revelation. God, you called me for this. You made me dust. I didn't make myself the bride. God, you called me. You made me. And there ain't enough. There ain't enough powers that can separate me from my promise. Oh, beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon me that right now, right now on a Wednesday night, I'm a son of God. And when I get out of bed on Thursday morning, I'm a son of God. And when I get to Monday, I'm still a son of God. And when I get to next year, I'm still a son of God. And when I face my hardest trial, I'm still a son of God. And when sickness ravages my body, I'm still a son of God. And when I feel like giving up and giving in, I can't give up. I can't back up. I can't give in. Why? Because I am a son of God shall appear what I shall be but I know one thing when he shall appear brother I'm going to be just like him I'm going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye oh glory to God Satan you don't have enough to keep this little bride down we've been made in the image of God and this word is going to come forth let me just share one last quote he called by elections. He set his church in order. Jesus said, "No man can come to me except the Father draws him." You never come to God because that you wanted to. You come because Christ called you. God called you, and he that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. I will give him everlasting life, not just lasting from one week, one revival to the another but everlasting, eternal life. I will raise him up in the last day. He said, oh my, if that doesn't just take the wind out of Satan's sails, I don't know what does. To realize God called you. And if God calls you, he don't uncall you. If God chose you, he don't unchoose you. You've been called before the foundation of the world. I say, oh, hallelujah. Let's set our wings, brother and sister. Let's realize we're eagles. Jump up. Get out of that chicken yard that you've been in and jump up and flap those heavenly wings of faith and start believing what the word says about you. Come on, brother Mike. I could preach another hour.
0: When I'm feeling afraid, full of uncertainty. When the plans that I've made all fall apart When the future's unclear and all that I can do is wait Oh, there is a promise Echoing in my heart. Oh, he will be faithful to the end. He will provide time and time again. He will be faithful. So faithful to. There's forgiveness that's endless for me. Oh, what a blessed assurance to know how deeply I'm loved. We So listen to our hearts, oh, and hear our spirits sing a song. Listen to our hearts.